and welcome to today's show, Strategic Insights Radio, brought to you by Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. is a full-service business consulting firm that provides business, marketing, and technology consulting. The host of today's show is David Wilkins with Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. And today, we're going to be talking about project management. Good morning, David. Good morning, Mike. And how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, sir. Good, good. Before we get into it, I think I'd like to set the context a little bit here in terms of project management, because a lot of people think project management, oh, that's something for just big corporations and big businesses and so forth, or or, big government, you know. And big projects. And big projects, right. But the reality is project management happens at every level of business and government and and, uh, not-for-profit organizations as well, because really all a, a project is, is a targeted event or targeted end product or end result that you set, you define a specific period of time and resources to make that happen. For example, you had a project, you may not even realized it was a project, but you had a project when, when you decided you were going to move your, the business radio X studios from one building to another, you know, that was a, you had an objective, which was to move and you had a, had a, discrete period of time in order to make that happen. So even as you, as a very small business, you know, that was a project. So project management is something that actually every business gets involved in, whether they know it or not. And the more they realize that what they're doing in many times is a a project is, you know, it's going to help them to understand how to, how to better manage those activities. So projects come in all shapes and sizes. They certainly do. Project management, always a hot topic when talking about successful projects. What do you see as the key activities a project manager must focus on? Right. And project manager is not just truly a project manager. Maybe you as the business owner is actually the manager of that project too. So, you know, you can, the project manager role can be played by a variety of different people. But what's key here is there's, there's a number of things that you've got to be focused on. First of all, it's identifying your requirements. Now, a lot of times requirements are sort of nebulous and not really well-defined. It's like deciding you want to build a house and you, and you say, tell the builder, I want to build, I, I want a house. That's not usually going to be enough. You, you don't know what you're going to end up with that way, you know, certainly. But, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. You want, you want a one story, two story, how many bedrooms, how many bathrooms? Do you want a basement? Do you want a rec room? Do you want a man cave? Whatever, you know, you define specifically what you want, where you want it, how big you want it, what colors you want it in, and what you want in it. You know, that's, that's defining requirements. And you need to do that for any project. You know, the more specific you get, the better the results are going to be. Uh, it's also important to address the various needs and concerns and expectation of the people that are going to be affected by the project. And that's usually, you know, we refer to those as the stakeholders because they're the people who ultimately at the end of the day are going to be um, involved in whatever comes out of the end of the project. You know, you are a stakeholder when, in terms of uh, the, the, the studio, you know, because again, this is where you live and work, you know, so you got to make sure it's right. But it's, it's important to understand that just because you maybe as the business owner think you want to do something, that you've got all the ideas and know exactly what needs to be done. Don't forget all those other folks that are actually involved in it, whether they are employees, whether they're customers, whether they're vendors or suppliers. You know, you know everybody that's affected by this, this project um, 
needs to have, you need to solicit their input to find out what to do and how to do it better. Uh, and, and then what's also important there is, and it really follows on with that is communications. You know, people don't like to be surprised and they don't like to be left out. So what's really important is making sure that there is an, a really well-defined set of processes to make sure people are, are in the loop. Then maintaining the stakeholders uh, or managing, I should say, managing your stakeholders towards meeting project requirements and the objectives. Keeping know. everybody on task. Keeping everybody on task, exactly. And making sure that they understand what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, which is, which is key. If they understand what they're doing, it's going to be a whole lot easier to keep them on task. So that's where, and again, that's where the com, uh, communications comes into play. Get them involved, help teach them what to do. Um, then you get the real fun part of managing project because there's a whole series of constraints that you have to deal with. And actually they kind of get grouped into two groups of three uh, as, as I like to look at it. And, and they are the, uh, the scope of the project, the schedule, and the resources or the budget. And then you've got another set, which is the quality and the resources and the risks. Uh, so there's really three sets or two sets of three that you kind of manage all sort of, in, so, sort of interdependently uh, because they all, they all affect each other. And I can, it, 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 you can spend a lot of time talking about that, but we'll just touch on that a little bit here. Well, that is a lot of stuff. What's it all mean to the business person? Ultimately, at the end of the day, what you define in terms of your requirements is critical. And again, like we talked about earlier, if you don't do a good job of defining those requirements, you know, you just don't know what you're going to end up with. Um, if you want a, if you want a CRM system, for example, I, you know, you need to define exactly what you want that, what you want that CRM system to do. How, how do you want to, how do you want to track your customers? What kind of information do you want to capture about them? How do you want to be able to use the system to communicate with them? There's a lot that goes on. And how do you want your customers to be able to work with that system? So there's a lot that goes on in there. Now, I developed, uh, interestingly enough, when I was back at, uh, back at IBM, um, I developed a, a, a program for, a, for quality management that was implemented there. And I developed what I called the SMART system of requirements and SMART with two T's. And there's really, again, this, the, the, it's an acronym. SMART's an acronym. Of course, you got to have acronyms, you know, when it comes to technology. So you got SMART stands for specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, trainable, and testable. And if your if your requirements don't meet all those those criteria, then you're missing something, or you've got the wrong set of requirements. Now, that's a whole program in and of itself. And actually, I've developed training programs to talk about that. Uh, but you, ultimately, at the end of the day, you know you, you'll see projects that are going to be a lot more successful when they can, can meet that smart criteria, and those that don't, I, I've. And having been involved in having fixed many of those projects that didn't, um, that's where I learned how, how important they are. Um, but here's the other thing that, that's also important. You don't want to assume that you know what your employees or your customers or your vendors really need. 
you know, they, they know better. They're in the trenches. They're the ones doing it day to day. And so they'll have a good idea. They have good ideas too. So, so you need to make sure you keep them involved and make sure you understand, you know, get, get their perspective on it. Because if you, if they feel like you're really interested in knowing what they, what they have to offer, uh, it's going to go a long way to getting the buy-in that you need to have that project be successful. Expand on that a little bit more. Why is that so important? Well, if you don't get the buy-in from your from from all the the various stakeholders, as we you know refer to, you know that's where you get into a situation where people, well, frankly, people do not like change, and they don't like to be if and they don't like change forced on them, especially if they don't understand what the value and what the benefits are going to be to them in the change. You know, there there's that's the old story that you know what's in it for me. And, you know, and that happens at all different levels uh, that p- the people experience. But the reality is, if I don't understand how this is going to help me do better that f- in, in performing my job or providing service to the customer or providing the information or what my expectations are from my vendors, they're not going to really be interested in supporting the change. And there's been a lot of, there are a lot of projects uh, that have failed because they have been, you know, if you want to use the word sabotaged, you know, they, they have been literally sabotaged by, in, by people who uh, just didn't understand why the change was needed and they saw the change as a risk to them, you know, that threatened their, their career or their position in the business or whatever it happened to be, or, or their, you know, their a customer, you know. If, if, if they see it as a risk, they're going to do whatever they can to, uh, to push back on it. So you want to get their buy-in. That's really critical. Okay. But saying you want their buy-in and actually getting it are two different things. How do you actually get that buy-in? How do you do that? All right. So let's, let's get started with that. First of all, that goes back to the requirements. You get them involved in the requirements. But even before then, you have to, that's where the communication starts. Because first of all, you have to communicate to, to, to all the stakeholders, all right, we're going to do this. This is, there, all right, well, we've got this plan that we want to make some changes. Here's a project we're thinking about doing in order to, to help make that happen. And again, maybe, maybe because again, we don't, we're doing a lousy job of tracking all our customers. So we need a new CRM system. All right. Now, you know, here I am as the, as in the marketing department thinking, and we're doing a great job in terms of, uh, in, in terms of, of that. Well, why? Well, part of it starts, now the communication starts and saying, here's the things that we're missing. Here's the things that we could, we may be able to do better. Have you ever considered, and you know, you, you just, I think one of the things that a lot of people think about is in, in kind of drive off of, well, you know, we've been doing it the same this way for 20 years. Why, why should we change? Well, the reality is a lot of things have changed in the last 20 years and probably the way you've been doing it for the last 20 years isn't the best way. Not that it may be a bad way. It just may not be the best way, the most efficient and the most productive way to do it. So, so it's always, you know, being able to share that and, and, and draw the people into it by understanding and say, you know, this isn't a risk, you know, this, this is, this is going to help you do your job better. So you start with that, you start with that premise and then 
which, which, by the way, you, you struck a nerve with me because one of the worst things I hate to hear is when people say, well, that's just the way we've always done it. When you can plainly see it's not the best way or the most effective uh, or the most rewarding, but that's just the way we've done it. Exactly. And that's their, that's an excuse to, to stay put. If you're not moving forward, even if you're standing still, you're not moving forward. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's, uh, what was it? Lee Iacocca, remember, lead follower, mm-hmm. get out of the way. You know, you know, so th- it is, it's, it's, it is that pro that, that principle really holds. People are resistant to change. They do not like change. And what you have to do is you have to get them, you, you, that communication, that buy-in comes when they understand that change is good and it can be good for them because it can help them be a better whatever fill in the blank in terms of their role. So, so it, 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 it has to be, it has to be something that it, you need the communication. You have to draw them out, sh- share with them, draw them out in terms of their, out of their shell and share with them uh, all the way through. Don't assume that you know what they want, because if you do that, you, you've cut the communications and you've lost them. Yeah. It's, it's clear to me. If, if you're listening to the show and you don't take anything out of the show, but one thing, even if you don't remember, the acronym SMART, and that was really great. Man. SMART with two Ts, by the way. Communication, that if you take away one thing, it all comes down to communication. Yep. And you can say that about anything. Relationship with your spouse, relationship with your family, in this case, your stakeholders. Exactly. Well, that's a, that's very, you know, you're absolutely right. And there's more, more problems in every every relationship because of lack of, of, a lack of the right level of communication. And not just, thinking about communicating in the sense, well, I'm telling them what's going to happen, but actually asking them, what do you think? And what are your ideas? And being honest about being open to accepting them. You know, sometimes they're not going to be pleasant to hear, but don't get defensive. Mm -hmm. Try to be as objective and, and impartial as you can. Not that you have to accept them all, because it may, may not be the best idea for that particular scenario. But at least pe- people recognize and appreciate the fact this is, at least I was listened to, and they explained to me why it wasn't, it may not work in this case, and that's okay. But at least they heard me, and that's most important. The other thing, too, that's, that is important is, is to make sure that, that not only are they uh, you know, the communication is important, but, but employees and, and particularly the people involved in the project are held accountable to the tasks that are assigned to them. Now, obviously communications comes into play there as well, because you've got to explain to them exactly what their tasks are, what to do. If they don't understand what they need to do, you know, you need to train them. And once they, once you feel comfortable that they know what they're going, what their responsibilities are, and they feel comfortable with their responsibilities are, then you have to hold them accountable to, to completing it. Because a lot of people, when they're doing it, still have their day job. They have, to get, they have to get accomplished. So a lot of times these projects are on top of uh, their, their normal work. You know, it's, you know, there's not too many times, all the, you know, the big projects probably being the exceptions, where you can actually bring in a team of consultants and, and, and so forth to actually focus 100% on that project. But for most organizations where they're trying to do it themselves uh, or, or have a small, small group uh, come in to help them, the reality is still a lot of the work has to be done by people who are uh, having to split their time between 
their regular job and there's all the project responsibilities. All right. So once you have the stakeholders buy in, you're now on easy street, right? <laughs> That's all, right? You're done. No, 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 no. You're just getting started. You're just getting started because now you're, you've really gotten to a point where you understand what the project is all about and what the, re- and, and hopefully you've got a really good set of requirements now. Now it's time to actually start executing that project. And this is where it becomes important in terms of understanding what are all the various project constraints that you deal with and how do you manage and balance those project constraints? All right. uh, Unpack project constraints. What are those? (laughs) Okay. Well, here's the reality. Nobody has an unlimited amount of time or budget or staff or technology to apply to a project. Every project, at no matter how big, always has limits put on it, whether it's time or money or resources. You know, there are, there are limits. So what you have to figure out is how do you accomplish what you're going to do in that project within those constraints? Now, in a perfect world, you'd have perfect information up front. So you'd have a perfect set of requirements and you could, based upon that perfect set of requirements, you could estimate out how long it's going to take to do the project, how many people you're going to need on the project, how many dollars you need to budget for it, what kind of tools and so forth that you're going to use uh, to help make that project happen. Again, whether it's building a house where you're you know, dealing with saws and scaffolding and things like that, or technology where you're dealing with you know, various software or project tracking tools and things like that, you know, that, that, that come into play. So, you know, technology falls into it, but at the end of the day, you need to, to still make sure you understand that there are a lot of moving pieces and parts in that project, and they all have to be managed and balanced out as you go through. Now let's, let's talk about what some of these constraints are. You know, let's, let's start with, with scope. And scope really details what the the set of deliverables are going to be for the for the project, and these deliverables are defined by the requirements. It all all still goes back to the requirements, no matter how far you get in uh, into the project. And the uh, you know, project scope is generally referred to as is 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 the work that needs to be accomplished to deliver a product, service, or a result with a specific set of features and functions. You know, going back to, to the house, you know, you've got three bedrooms, two baths, a basement. You know, you define how big those rooms are. You need to find you're going to have in the kitchen, you're going to have an, uh, an island, or you're going to have the counters around the walls. You know, how, how, you know, all the different specifications, you know, that is going to help define the scope of the project. From a business perspective, again, you're talking about, you take this, the CRM system. Again, what is that CRM system really going to do? Who's going to use it? What kind of information get attract? You know, that all defines ultimately the end of the day, what this, what, what's going to be in, in, in what's in scope. 
The second one is budget. Now that's that's pretty obvious. You know, that's how much money you have to work with. And then the third one is the schedule, which is how long you have to complete the project. The the challenges just with those three can be immense. And I've seen it happen more and more on on projects. You you get into, particularly with scope, because invariably, as I said before, you don't have a perfect set of requirements up front. And as you move forward, you know, you start finding those things. You know, if you, let's just take a a good example as a remodeling project. You know, you're doing remodeling a, a portion of your home. You decide you need to tear out a wall. Well, you think that, wall is a non-load bearing wall that doesn't have any plumbing or electrical wiring or anything behind it. And when you start knocking down that wall, all of a sudden you find out one, it's load bearing Two, it's got some piping that goes to the second floor. And three, there's also a whole bunch of wires back there. So you can't open it up like you thought you were going to, you know, that's a change in scope and that's a surprise. You're always going to find surprises. People are going to realize and think about different things as they, as they move through a project. And so as you're going through the project, you have to be able to manage that scope change, trying to make sure that you understand, okay, what's happening and recognize I'm going to make a change, but I'm doing this change on purpose. I know because I'm going to make this change, it's going to cost me X, uh, it's going to take me, 10 extra days to get it done. It's going to cost me a couple extra thousand dollars to do it, for example. Okay, that's fine. Let's do it. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now you've got the, then you've got on the other side of it, you got what we call scope creep. Scope creep is where- Did you make that up? No, that's a well-defined, that's a well-accepted term in project management. And, and, and it's one of those things that everybody cringes at because it all, invariably it happens. Those are the those scope creep largely is all those changes that just kind of get, you know, snuck in there that, you know, are, don't go necessarily through a formal approval process. And, you know, you're just kind of making them as you, you know, making the changes as you, as you go, you know, so, so that you get into, you, you get into that situation where the requirements are actually changing but they're not necessarily being effectively communicated all the way through to everybody who needs to know about it. And so end up what ends up happening is you think you're doing one thing, other people are thinking they're going to be doing something else. And that's where you, that's where you start running into time and, and the budget problems because they in, invariably is going to have that impact that is going to take you longer and more money to get it done. Or you get to the end, end of the project and things aren't the way they're expected to be. And you'll hear the users say, that's not what I expected to get out of this system. Project management. I didn't realize project management. Management. I mean, you're spinning so many plates at the same time. It really is a balancing act. Oh, it really is. It really is. And we're only talking about three so far. There's another set of three to have to take into consideration. The three that I talked about are really the ones that are more the traditional that most project managers at every level, you know, have accepted those as the three standard. Uh, it's kind of like the, the three-legged stool, if you will. 
you know, you know, you've got to have those three and you got to have them in balance, you know, you know, in order to, to, to make, to make the project those, have any chance of success. Those are like the bones. Those are the bones. Those are the bones. But the reality is there's actually three more that are, are as critical, but in many cases don't get the right, that level of attention. And, and that's where a lot of the risks and problems come into it for a lot of projects. Um, and, and those really are quality, resources, and risks. And quality, really, that's a whole topic. And I think we can, we're, we're going to save quality for another show because, and the reality is, if you don't do a really good job of managing the quality as part of this, you know, you're, you're really, you, you, again, you have no idea what you're going to end up with. Resources. People, process, technology are all key to making the, pro the project successful. And the resources are, are going to be constrained by the budget and as well as time. And then risks. We, we, had, uh, we had Ken Lacey on a number of you know, IPVS a number of months ago. You know, he was talking about just one type of risk, which is the, uh, you know, the security risks. But there's a whole host of risks that come into play. And I could go on for a long time and I don't want to drag this out because, you know, the, keep, keep it, keep it uh, manageable. So, so there, so you're, you're doing a very good job of project management right now. <laughs> uh, thank you. And that, but it is, these, these are topics that we will cover in, in future shows. So, uh, you know, people in uh, our audience uh, and listeners who are interested in in getting more, you know, have have particular questions or would like to have uh, specific in, uh, information about any of these, you know, we can we'd certainly enjoy hearing from you on that and get you in, and incorporate that in the show. To do that, and and also to learn more about how Sterling Rose Consulting can help you with your organization and, and project management of any of our business and any of our business, uh, marketing and technology services, you know, you can certainly reach out to me again, Dave Wilkins at six, seven, eight, nine, nine, six, one, three, zero, eight, or at info at sterlingroseconsultingcorp.com. All right, David, great stuff. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Mike. A reminder that if you uh, want to find out more about uh, David or Sterling Rose Consulting Corp, uh, and any of the stuff that we've talked about, go to the website. Every, everything would be there as far as information. And again, as you say, phone numbers, emails, if you want to get more information, it's all there on the website, which is sterlingroseconsultingcorp.com. That's it. All right. We'll do it again next time. This has been Strategic Insights Radio here on Business Radio X. Mm -hmm.